All right, let's go back to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, and I'm going to read for us as we see this prophet, Samuel, come on the scene. Samuel is a unique figure in Israel. Samuel was the last judge. He closed the chapter and he opened the chapter in himself because he was the last judge, but he's also a prophet that God used in the life of Israel to anoint multiple kings to draw them back, that is Israel, back to God. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 and following, here is what is recorded in God's Word. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he couldn't see, was lying down in his own place. The the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord said to Samuel, and he said, Here am I, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you you called me. But he said, I didn't call you, lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And on that day I will fulfill against Eli and all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew. Because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, this is Eli speaking, 
It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, and the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, as we spend the rest of our moments during this service looking at Samuel, may we not just see that man, may we see you for this story, this life, these events that we are going to look at, they're not about a man. They are about you. May we see that clearly today. God, may everything that we do as men and women, as sons and daughters of yours, may everything that we do, Lord, may it May it point to you. May you receive glory from our lives. God, would you speak? Would you speak to this faith family, to Riverbend Church? Would you speak to to the men, the dads in the room this morning, the ladies, the moms, the students? Father, would you speak? individually to the hearts of those of us in this room because this is your word. Lord, we ask that you would move in us. God, draw us close to you. I ask it in your son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen. On Route 66, let me give you three insights this morning as we look at the prophet Samuel. The first insight is this, that a a difficult task marks the beginning of this man's ministry, but a difficult task marks the ministry or the beginning of ministry for some of us. Not not just him, not, not just Samuel, but for a number of individuals. What God is calling you to from the very start. Is sometimes difficult. And to be honest, this chapter, I could go a number of different ways. There's so much in it. I I almost just stopped with chapter three. Some of y'all saw the Facebook post, and I was like, all right, I can't get it. I'm looking at the paint dry over here, and it, it was painted six years ago, but I'm just looking at the wall trying to find this second point. I found one. I believe God has one for us, but. A difficult task marks the beginning for some. Just think about it. You're a young boy or girl. Maybe you're a teenager. Maybe you're a teenager. More than likely, he was six, seven, or eight when this is going on. He is laying down to sleep. What what a great bedroom that Samuel has. He's laying down in front of the Ark of the Covenant of God. And he's going to sleep. And he hears his name. 
and he runs to Eli. And Eli's like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, boy. A second time. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Third time. Um, all right, Eli's getting it. Samuel, if, he's, if he says your name again, here's what you say. And then God speaks and says, hey, I am bringing a curse on Eli's house. There were two men that Samuel knew. He knew his dad, and he knew Eli. Eli was taking care of him. Eli provided food for him every single day. He was close. And now God comes to Samuel and says, hey, that everything that I've said about Eli to this point, doing away with it. He will be cursed, and his household will be cursed forever. And I need you to tell him. The task was impossible. Samuel, a young boy, he didn't know God, yet God was speaking to him. And then what he spoke to go and tell Eli. Let me draw out two or three things. The first is this. For some of you in the room, you find yourself just like Samuel. You've heard the name of God. You've heard everything about Him. You have heard that, that Jesus died on a cross. He paid for your sins. He came. He died three days later after He was in a tomb for three days. He arose. You know the facts. Yet you are like Samuel and you do not know God. Just because you come into a building that has the name church over the doors, just because you have number, numbers of copies of God's Word, or you have done this over and over and over before, Samuel slept right beside the Ark of the Covenant every night. Yet he did not know God. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 down through verse 13 states this. Paul writes to the folks at Rome and says, Because if... You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes. With the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For Scripture states, Scripture says, Everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. And he closes the section with verse 13, for everyone, everyone at River Bend, everyone in Hernando, everyone in Mississippi, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Ma'am, if you don't know him, 
Sir, if you don't know him, student, if you have not accepted him as Savior and Lord, he is calling your name because he loves you and he wants you to know him. Do not leave this morning. Do not leave this morning without knowing him. The invitation is there for you. And it's not about walking down front. It's not about a prayer. It's about a beginning of a relationship that he has extended the offer to you. I love you. I love you this much that I've paid the price for your sin. Would you please love me? But not only is there this aspect of salvation in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and this huge and even difficult task, but there is a call to ministry. A call to ministry. Some of you here in this room, some of us in this room have heard a call on our lives for the ministry. Maybe it's happening to some of the students. And if it is happening to some of you as students, listen to his voice. Accept his direction. Go where he uh, tells you to go, even to the corners of the world, with the gospel so that his name might be glorified. But he's not just speaking to students. He calls adults. Just this past week, I sat across the table from two men, and they were in their 20s. I answered a phone call with another man in his late 20s that God was calling them into the ministry. Hadn't heard it before, but God was calling them into the ministry. It's not just the young. Maybe he's calling you. If he is calling you, whether you're 20 or 80, come to him today. Accept that. But I believe the the main point is where I think most of us need to pay attention. There's a hard task. There's a hard task that Samuel is given. Go tell Eli he's in a world of a mess. And sometimes God tells those around you. God tells those around you, hey, um, yep, go tell them this. Go tell them this. Go give a word of counsel, even a word of critique. Go confront a brother or sister in Christ with a hard word. Now, for some of us in the room, we want that call. Please, just let me at him. Just give it to me, Lord, and I promise you, I'll tell them. Woo-hoo-hoo, I will tell them quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah, I hope he doesn't tell you anything about me. Some of us in the room, 
if and or when he would tell us something of a brother or a sister. Would you state it? Samuel didn't want to. I'm sure the hesitation as Eli is talking to Samuel that morning as he is interested in that word. It had been a long time. Scripture stated it had been a long time since God had spoken. The the light had almost gone out. There was still some life, but it had been a while. and, And Eli wanted to hear what God had to say. What do you do when that happens? First, I believe the action, if that does happen to you, I believe this, that you and I need to take a moment to check the reasoning behind the counsel before you speak. Just pull the reins back just a second. Before you speak, make sure you know what your motives are. Make sure you're not chomping at the bit to just bring that word of counsel or that word of critique. Then pray and pray and pray. Then say what you believe God is calling you to say. Earlier this week, I had that opportunity. I did not want that opportunity. They sat in my office. And I wanted to just ease on past the conversation. They're like, nope. Thank you for letting me preach 1 Samuel chapter 3 this week, Lord. And so I broached the subject. And it was not an easy subject. But it was a subject and an issue and a moment as not just pastor, but as a friend as a brother in Christ, to state, hey, here's what I see. Is this right? If so, here's what needs to come about. So let me do that from the stage briefly about this. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Hard word. Hard word. Mom and dad. Mom and dad, are you putting your job before your family? Eli did. Eli put his job before his family, and his sons went haywire. Eli put his job as a prophet of the king before his family. And it cost him. And it cost them. And it cost his grandkids and his great-grandkids and his great-great-grandkids. And on and on and on. Are you putting your job before your family? Like, Brian, i got to pay the bills. Yep, i got to eat. Yep. Mom and dad. It's not just that 
you state, all right, hey, I'm going to put my family before my job. What are you directing your family toward? What are you pushing your kids into? What are you trying to live your life through them for? What if they make the sports team? What if they get that role? What, what if they go to that school and they go to hell? Is it worth it? Here's the point. The point is this. Just wanting to, to lay out the warning from 1 Samuel chapter 3 that is been seen over and over and over again throughout Scripture. You can read the next few chapters and Samuel doesn't get it. Samuel misses it. So may you and I be careful what, where, how we spend our time, our focus, our gifts, and our talents. I'm not going to take the time to read chapter 7. But the second point or insight this morning comes from chapter 7. And in those verses, there is a warning. A warning. Look at verse number 3. It is the memory verse for the month. But he states this, And Samuel said to all of the house of Israel, If... If you're returning to the Lord with all your heart, if that's what you're doing, then put away the foreign gods. Put away the Ashtaroth from among you and direct your heart to the Lord and serve Him only. And He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. The second insight is this, that there is a challenge laid out to come back to God. There's a challenge for you. There's a challenge for us as River Bend that we are to come back to God. And for us to come back to God, we have to put our feet into motion. And he says in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, Hey, if you're going to do this, then you need to turn your feet around. And you need to turn away from the foreign gods. You need to turn away from the Ashtaroth. The Ashtaroth, you can go Google it, Wikipedia it. But the Ashtaroth was a foreign goddess of sex and fertility. And it was shown in these different places of worship throughout that area of the world by a statue. And you... As an Israelite, you as a son or a daughter of the king, God, were not to be bowing down and worshiping to the Asherah. Foreign gods, Asherah, we don't do that. Come back to God. Come back to him right now. Set your feet in his direction. Turn away from the gods of this world. Turn away from all the isms, from narcissism, materialism, Kardashianism. I just came up with that one. And, and turn away from addictions. And turn to him. And if you are going to do that, Israel, if you're going to do that, River Bend, you've got to do it with your whole heart. can't do it half-heartedly you got to come on his terms, not, not on your own. In chapter 7, they say they will. 
the next chapter in chapter 8, they show that they will not. Chapter 8, verse 1, the third insight, give a response even when they want something different. A response must be given even when they go against you. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel. Didn't we just read about that in chapter 3? Now it's in chapter 8. Eli has changed to Samuel. The name of the firstborn was Joel. The name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, yet his sons did not walk in the ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel, they gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you're old and your sons don't walk in your ways. Oh, what a statement. Now appoint to us a king to judge us. Appoint to us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they, catch this, they have not rejected you, but they've rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, Obey their voice, and only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of a king who shall reign over them. Two minutes, and I close. How do you respond when somebody goes against you? What's that first thought? When, when there's a confrontation, and... And somebody goes against you. You've given great counsel. You've got a superb idea. Yet they want to go in a totally different way. What's that first response? I don't know about you. I just bow up. I'm like, okay, let me pray about this for a second. I need to change my attitude. If I haven't already stated something and it just came blurting out of my mouth, which means that it came out of my heart, I need a heart change. But think about it personally, think about it spiritually, and here's the warning, personally. If you stand in front of somebody and you speak to them about Jesus, they are not rejecting you, they're rejecting Him. Now that may come across as them rejecting you, but ultimately they are not rejecting you. You are not the Savior, you are not the one that you are proclaiming about. They are rejecting Him. So as Paul states in Philippians chapter 2, don't think too highly of yourself in that moment. When it comes about speaking others, speaking to others about Him, they seem to reject you, but they're really rejecting Him. And finally, I go back to this. It was stated multiple times over the weekend. But ma'am, sir, 
Every single one of us. You're responsible to you. You're responsible for you. Yep, you got some stuff in your rearview mirror. Understood. Every one of us do. You are responsible for you. And there are consequences for every choice you make. They didn't want God to be their king. They wanted a man to be their king like all the other nations around them. And God said, okay, if that's what you want, have at it. Here's Saul. If that's what you want, that's fine. But you need to understand, with that choice, here's what's going to happen. He's going to take a tenth of every grain that comes out of your, your field. He's going to take your sons... And he's going to make them a part of his army. He's going to take your daughters and he's going to cause them to do this and that. He's going to make you serve him. Yeah, that's who we want. You made the choice. Brian, you made the choice. That's what you want. Every one of the choices that you and I make every single day, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds, comes with consequences. Those choices bring you closer to Him or push you further away from Him. One choice after one choice after one choice. Just heed the warning. And know that He desires for you to come to Him. He desires for you to be close. Right now. That's all He wants. He has the very best for you. Father, the, the story of Samuel. The story of Samuel unfolding there in those chapters. Father, it's an encouraging moment for every single one of us because you speak. You speak to individuals. The light has not gone out. It is still day. May we heed your voice. Father, for, for me, for, for us in the room, I pray that we would yearn to hear your voice. God, we would, we would ask you to speak and we would sit and be silent just as you stated in Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. Lord, I, I'm too fast. I am from one direction and another direction. and Just, Brian, be still. Sir, be still. May we be still before Him. And Father, might You speak. Sir, I know that there are some choices that You have made in the past that are not good. I know there are choices that You have made in the last month, the last 30 days. They, they have pushed you further away. Ma'am, they have pushed you away. God is saying for every single one of us, recognize those, choice, those choices, confess them, and come back to me. God desires for you this morning, sir, to come clean. 
ma'am, he desires for you. The the opportunity, the offering is there for you to respond. Father, would you speak and would you draw us close to